Would you do it? Simon would have killed me too. You asked me to beg for his life. He was crying and you smiled. I told you I loved him. I needed him. He was only 11 years old. And what did you say? I don't remember. Say it. Please. What did you say? No exceptions. Stuart and Scott. Welcome to another episode of the Fear Me podcast. This is episode 130. All of us here are super excited because Walker Stalker Atlanta is this weekend. Woohoo! Yep. And we are planning to go. Yes. We're actually planning on what we're going to do when we go. Yes. I know. We were talking about it before we started recording. (laughs) We're so excited. So I'll be working the panel room again. So if you guys are around and you want to go see some panels, check me out in the panel room. And there are more Fear the Walking Dead people there this year, right? The entire cast, pretty much. The entire cast. Including um, Jenna Elfman and... Garrett Dillahunt, Mo Collins, Alicia Debnam Carey is going to be there, uh, Coleman Domingo, Kim Dickens... All those guys, plus, of course, the Walking Dead cast. Yep. Including some people from the first season, like um, Punisher. Yep. Oh, I can't wait to see that John guy. Bernthal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, some of them are still able to melt this for a long time. <laughs> Actually, Kim was saying there was one what, one or two people that were from the very... Daniel get, Thomas May. Yeah, very first season that I don't even know if I recognize who the I hell they, they are. Had, they had, like, one episode. Yeah, they're yeah. still going strong. Uh-huh. Exactly. Mustache guy. I carried uh I carried uh Daryl's cigarettes for him for a season. Yeah. That's right. Nice. Yeah. The big person that's missing from this year's Atlanta Walker Stalker is Andrew Lincoln. Is he not coming or is he undecided? Not coming. Really? Why? He's not gonna be he's in, in the country. England. So I don't give a shit if he's in England. Well, he's a family guy. He, he has doesn't he go evidently has moved on, folks. I'm sorry, he has moved on. He has, but he doesn't go to any of the other Walker Stalkers except London and Atlanta. Right. And that's because he's in both locations when those things happen. He's already there. You would think that the last season he would come to the Atlanta one. It is. I was a little shocked that I'm he wasn't going to be the one actually. in Atlanta. Because, yeah. I mean, that's where it all started. And, yep. and people would like to be able to say there. goodbye. Yep. Exactly. Nobody has had a chance to do that yet. Yep. So that's a bit disappointing. Maybe he'll surprise us at the last minute. And we are also doing another listener meetup as well. Nice. Yes. We will be at the same bar at the Omni Hotel as we've been in the past two years. And so, I don't know. What time are you going to be there? I don't know. 
Uh, well, what time does it start? Because <laughs> I always come fashionably late, of course. I, th- I think we want to hook up with a photo op around 6, so sometime after that. Yeah, we'll be there around 7.30. 7.30, 8, 8 o'clock. I'll be the yeah. one with a big hamburger in my face. <laughs> yes. Probably. And large beer. They have large beers there. They have very large <laughs> beers there. Yes, they, uh, f- they fill them by the inches. But if you are at Walker Stalker, that is a prime location to do some celebrity watching because they're almost always at the bar. That Somebody is true. Is. Yes, that they is are. True. Yeah, we've yeah. seen like quite a few. Like the guys they will talk to you. were there last year. They will yeah. talk to you. They're very nice. And they'll folks. drink a beer with you. Uh-huh. Especially What's if you're really buying. What's really sad is that Scott Wilson was always the guy who was hanging out outside smoking his cigar. Yep. And drinking a whiskey and would just hang out with fans when they came outside to smoke. Yep. So that's sad that he won't be there. Yeah, we also, uh, actually, we have fun hanging out with other uh, podcasters, too, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun. So if you want to meet some other people that got podcasts, they are yeah, showing up, too. Jason from The Walking Dead cast will definitely be there at the bar mm-hmm. that night. I don't know anybody else who's going, actually. Is Chris not going? No. Chris ah. from The Talking Dead. Not Chris Hardwick, but the mm-hmm. other Chris. Um, he is going to be in Canada. He won't be coming. Oh, man, that's a shame. That sucks. That does suck. He was there last year. Yeah, we had fun with him. Oh, well. Yes. Well, speaking of drinking beers in a bar, Scott, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking, um, I'm drinking one from Saranac Brewery. Hmm. Um, it's the Gen 4 Session IPA. It's very good. Um, I really like it. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's not a very strong IPA, which is nice. (laughs) It's very smooth, though. It's you know, it's not overwhelming with flavor. I've had other ones that'll that are jump at you a lot more, but it's definitely a nice, smooth, easy drinking beer. Cool. How about well, you? We've got uh, we got good night. Good night. It's an imperial red IPA from Oscar Blues Brewery. Ah, okay. How do you like that? It's it's very good. It's uh, uh, wow. I didn't realize this is a powerful beer. It's eight point seven. Oh my god! Any, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imperial IPAs are very high. Well, Yikes. with a name like good night. They're, uh, Makes sense. Yeah, they're they're actually double and triple IPAs, so, uh, so they always have night, a good punch. Everybody, we're on our second. Yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah, it's a rich. <laughs> Oops. It says still big, still red. I still may be sticky. the only one at the end of this podcast. And and you know we're on our second, but I will have to say that it's a meh type of beer. Oh yeah, it's good. No, I mean it's you know it's very uh, caramel flavor to it, very being caramel. a red. Really, know. for double yeah. IPA. Imperial? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Should be well, pretty it's, bitter. It's Imperial Red IPA, so mm. it's it's definitely got some... Yeah, it's got the malts. Yep. It's yeah, good. Right. I, I enjoy it. It's uh, it's a bit thick tasting, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the comments so, are coming a little slow, folks. Yeah, so, um, yeah. We are here <laughs> to cover The Walking Dead Season 9, Episode 3, Warning Signs. Warning. Warning, warning, warning. Oh, this one was warning signs. For some reason, I kept missing what the title of this one was. Oh. Because they thought... kept walking over the signs. The warning signs. Oh, elementary yeah. School. Yeah, that one was, yeah. Someone put a lot of time into collecting all those signs, I yeah. gotta say. I think they took That's them out a... of your dorm room from college. <laughs> yeah, you know what they should have done is gone over to that cabin that had that loose yes. roof. Yes, piece of metal. <laughs> <laughs> They've been able to fill in a lot more space with that metal, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. I thought this was, I, I, I really enjoyed this episode, and they got me, and I think they got all, all of us with the reveal of Oceanside. Hell 
Yeah. Scott's going to say, no, I knew it all along. No, 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 I no. I could have no, no. told you no, that. I, I, I can um, smell the fish. No, no, I knew, I, I, I mean, no, I wasn't surprised when it was at the end, it was the ocean side, only because I the saw harpoon. the harpoon gun. Yeah. Earlier on in the episode, right? Yeah. Right. They, I was, they got me. They definitely got me. I and I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. And, but and I, I have to say, I am also glad that, uh, I didn't see any of the spoiler stuff because I heard that people were spoiling it all over the place. Oh, really? really? It was. Yeah, uh, so. I didn't see that so. either. No, and Stu, and I'm not disagreeing with you as far as, as getting me. What um, what they got me with in that last scene was uh, Maggie and Daryl's reaction. Reaction, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where they got me, that they just walked away and they continued with the execution. That was a powerful scene. Yes, it was. Very powerful. And uh, uh, I think I think the turning point was when she said 11 year old brother. Yep. Yep. And that was like, oh, yeah, yep. kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was. Yeah, that was messed up. Anyways, the episode was really good. Uh, There's a you know a whole series of things that I thought were awesome, like the the uh, porch wood uh, piece that was on the wall that, mm-hmm. that Rick touched. Yeah, yeah the, the handprint. Hand. Yeah, we yeah. Carl's handprint on it, which was cool. The A and B thing. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so much about that. Yeah, that Dan was dealing with. So, yeah, it was, I, I liked the episode. It was full <laughs> of a lot of a lot of stuff going on. So what do mm-hmm. you think, Kim? I feel the exact same way you do. I think there were so many awesome little tidbits in this episode. This whole season has been like that, and it's got me hooked for sure. I think the Anne storyline with the A and B and the helicopter – I am so excited to figure out what's going on with that. And there's been so many things that have linked together with the whole A and B thing now. I have mm. no idea if they're actually supposed to be linked together. Well, there's but been there's a lot been of A's so on the many, show. Right. There's been so many things mm-hmm. that have happened over seasons, right. not just episodes, that like this is what really I gets wonder, me excited. I wonder, though, Kim, you know... My first reaction was is I was thinking back, man, they've 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 had the A on a lot of different things in the show right. going past, you know, going all the way back to uh, Daryl's prison uniform and stuff like that. But before that, but I also wonder if maybe it's just a running gag. Well, it could be. That's why I'm saying I yeah. don't know if it's supposed to be connected. Right. But it seems like it is. It could be. Well, I think, right. And I think that's very exciting. I think uh, our listener, Joe Johnson, was the one that, that made the comment about um, the alpha beta thing. Yes. Right. Which I had not thought about at all. And I was like, oh, perfect. That's oh, not, that's oh, not really? bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's Yeah, exactly. The alpha beta thing was definitely. But right. I don't remember when during the prison thing where they I don't remember them actually having B's. I, I remember the A's, but I don't remember the B's. Well, I was. Right. Yeah. But, but Daryl wore when he was captured by Negan's folks. Didn't he have an A on his? Yeah, that's I know. But I'm about. saying, yeah, no, do you remember a B? I don't remember any B's. No. Mm-mm. Okay. No, but that's why I'm wondering if A is a gag, a running gag. Yeah, because we were teasing, or at least I was teasing about him being Alf, Alvin mm-hmm. the Chipmunks. Yeah. yeah. Having the A on all the time. But I don't remember the I'm, B at all. I'm glad you're wrong that about time. that, Stu, because that would be lame. That's why it was a joke. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> yes. But it makes sense mm-hmm. as far as the Alpha Beta thing. Sure. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. However... If they're trading people, that means save, uh, Negan would be getting rid of people that could help him. Like if so, if Norman's an, an a, if Norman, if um, Daryl's an A, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and they got rid of him, that's one less person that would be helping. Well, it needed. was yeah, it wasn't necessarily that he was trading him. I mean, uh, I, I got it. It was more of a mark as to what he, what he might be. Maybe I don't know. I don't think necessarily okay. that Negan was trading people for supplies or anything. I mean, uh, because a matter of fact, when Negan was captured, it seemed like that uh, Anne was going to trade him. Right. Well, that's what she alludes to. Right. So I don't think I'm not so I'm not convinced that the A that Daryl was was wearing has any connection to the A A and B that she's talking to talking to them about on the phone on yeah. the radio. That's why I'm thinking I'm I'm, I'm kind of suspecting maybe it's just a running gag. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I I am very uh, intrigued to see what happens with that and and. I, when I first heard A B, I thought also Alpha and Beta, and I thought maybe Alpha because, well, whatever they're doing with the people that they take, why would they want to have Alphas in particular? I mean, if you were to speculate, what would be my the question? Reasoning? I don't know, but my question on that same along the same line is, um, how is she promising that they're going off to a better place mm-hmm. when she's just trading people to these people? Like, yeah, I mean, it sounds know like it's she a better knows place. What, so, she yeah. knows about the place exactly. Definitely. So there's 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 another storyline that we don't. But really I'm wondering know if the if the de- taking but the comic book people do. Yeah. Okay. Well. Oh. Don't do that to me. Sorry, I can't. I can't stand it. <laughs> it's killing me. Yeah, I'm just wondering if they, if they are grabbing alphas, if they're grabbing alphas to to um, lead or yeah. something, um, right. instead of just having betas. Betas there to you know, followed the lead, so forth. Okay, but y'all know who Alpha and Beta are, right? Uh, Fish? (laughs) (laughs) This this is out in the news, so I'm not spoiling anything. I mean, it's kind of spoilery, so if you don't want to hear this, just skip ahead. But it's obviously not that much. We haven't even gotten in talking too much about the show, and you're already going to start throwing spoilers out there, Kim? I'm just saying, real quick. Alpha and Beta are the leaders of the Whispers. Oh, okay. Well, we didn't know that. We did not know that. And but that's out in the news. Womp, womp, They've already announced the cast members who have been put in that place. So, well, then I'm not really spoiling be, anything. How can you be collecting alphas or collecting they betas? Could... It's probably is it is no. It's probably someone either to be under control of A or B. Yes, I exactly. Would guess. And the A's, I guess, would be more valuable. Right. So, okay, before we get too far into this, mm-hmm. Scott, what did you think of the episode? What did I think of the episode? Let me tell you. It was a pretty damn good episode. <laughs> no, it good. was it was a good episode. I um it's really funny though. I have this weird personality. Weird with the Anne and Jadis character. Um, because I really liked her as Anne. And I really thought she was ridiculous as Jadis. Yeah. So I'm I, I really like where she is right now, but I'm but when she starts going a little bit more towards that Jadis part, I like that combination or I like her less. And and I don't I'm sorry, the Father Gabriel thing I don't buy at all. That that just I'm sorry, <laughs> that the the uh, chemistry there is like zero. Um not that the show is ever really worried too much about chemistry. But uh, yeah, I don't, I, I didn't get any of that. Did you notice Rick making a lot of comments towards like sight kind of? Yeah, comments he was like keep he your was eye on it. Yeah, like, right. Exactly. Keep your eye on him. Little gaps. But when you were standing watch, did you notice anything weird about Anne? Well, keep your eye on her. 
Exactly. <laughs> you know they had to be laughing when they were filming that. <laughs> yeah, overall, though, I thought the episode was really good. I did, I, I kind of, you know, I figured out it was the Ocean Siders as soon as I saw that dark gun, or the uh, spear gun, because they were pretty obvious in showing that off. When did they show it before? When she, when I mean when she when um who's the girl that was who has the spear gun? Yeah, I know you're talking the, the shorter B. dark yeah B B yeah. B when Arot disappeared. Remember B was knocked out on the ground. Mm-hmm. She and Daryl bent down next to her and picked up the dark gun, or picked up the uh, spear gun. Oh really? Yeah, and was oh, holding okay. his hand I, I didn't catch and, that and she part. got up and then he handed it over to her, and you could obviously see it was a spear gun. When they were talking, that when when Rick was confronting Daryl about the, th- that happened after he confronted Daryl. Yes, okay, okay. Because yeah, I was it, right. Because they were stringing me along with that whole thing, where it was but like that's it was a why clean you noticed. And, that's why you noticed when they found the the body with the uh, the spear sticking out of it. You know, uh, Daryl picked it out, looked at it, and he goes, "I know who did this." Yes, he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but even at that point, I was like, uh, "I have no clue what's going yeah, on." Yeah, I didn't here. either. So, anyway. Um, so, but, but still the power of that last scene was just, that was, that was pretty tough. And I thought it was, it was very, very necessary. I, um, I know it's skipping to the end, but what, what do you think Maggie and Daryl are wanting to do with Negan? Kill him. I don't think so. Why would they say we need to see Negan? Uh, uh, to have a little cup of tea or something. No, I think chat. I think they may be having some discussion with, but I think right. they they they're going there to finish. In my opinion, they're going there to finish what was not done correctly. Right, but they didn't say we need to go kill Negan. No, and that's what I'm saying. What was not done? Or correctly. we need to deal Maybe with Negan. Have... No, they said exactly. we need to speak to Negan. That was their words. That's was that's what Maggie said. She says we need to we need to speak to Negan. I think Maggie's gonna say. Negan, you should have been killed on that field, mm-hmm. and now you're going to die. Yeah, but I, I still don't see why she would phrase it that way. It, just, it was He's... an odd phrasing. It was, and it was, it was done in particular. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was just a casual thing. I mean, they made sure that you Negan heard... here is crossbow. Do you have anything to say to crossbow? That's right. right. No, crossbow Before has he... something to say to you. Exactly. Dunk. <laughs> and but I do think that whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Negan is somehow going to escape. Yeah, there's no doubt that he's going to somehow get out of it. This, yeah. Whatever they're going to do, I'm not sure what they're going to do, but it's going to cause him being released. Mass chaos. Because, I, because I have a feeling there's going to be some altercation with the saviors being there at the same time, and somehow Negan, through some scuffle, is going to re- get released. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be something we're not expecting. I th- I, you think Oceanside's going to kill Negan? No. I just, I just really no, because Oceanside said that uh, that Arot was the last one. They they're not killing anymore after that. Um, Colonel Mustard with a yes, candlestick, candlestick okay. in the uh, in the ballroom. But yeah, I, I I just suspect based on that last comment by Maggie that there's something different is going to happen here. Uh, well, okay. When when they said that, my first reaction was that they were finally like, okay, Rick's way isn't working let's go deal with negan because we need to get rid of negan so that was i mean that's my initial thought right um they're being threatened by these saviors right the saviors are kind of a lost cause at the end of the episode so um i think now i i don't know i mean i do i, I guess you gotta think about it she's just been 
overwhelmed with the fact that her actions have caused right. the Oceanside people to do something com- that yes. she didn't think was possible. Right. But she's not but, upset about but that. But she was not necessarily... Yeah, exactly. Oh, she yes, wasn't she necess- was. Yes, she yeah, was. But she wasn't she necessarily um, disagreeing no, hold with on, it whoa, because whoa, whoa. she walks away. Hold on. No, no, no. Hold on. No, 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 no. When she first heard them say that they that they started doing that again because she she hung uh, what's his name, um, she Gregory. was shocked and and appalled. I mean, you could tell it on her face. It wasn't yeah. until they mentioned that this girl had killed an eleven year old boy that she changed again. Okay, but right. she she was a, she was changed she was appalled by the fact that they had done that, that they were going off killing people based on what she had done. Yes. But just because of the fact, though, that this girl had killed a child, something like that, it you saw it all of a sudden she got really stone-faced, and that's when she turned around. But before that, I think she was going to be like, we got to stop this. Yeah, but I, I think... But I think it's important. In, no, I didn't say it wasn't important. Yes, what I was going to say was that I think that uh, she, I think it's it's more justified at that point. That it's a, it was a little kid that was killed, right, right, and I right, agree right. that I agree that she was touched by the fact that, or she was upset by the fact that her actions caused them to do something so major against another group that's like tearing this whole thing apart. Right. Um, but I don't necessarily think that that would change her mind from trying to get rid of Negan. Well, no, but you do remember though. She did say that that when she uh, when she hung him, that she this was not the start of something. Okay, she made sure to point out to people. This well, maybe is not... that's what's changing then. Then it was the start of something, right? Well, that's what she mm-hmm. she was upset because it did start something. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in, she didn't want it to start something, but it did. It started the ocean and now it's going continuing out on something. Spring. Now yeah. it's continuing something. Yeah, she is going to start not listening to Rick, right? Because I think what's what's really happening to in my mind is that there's this turmoil build, building up with Rick, Negan, and Daryl, which they've been alluding to. Sure, and this was really a you know, linchpin in that. And now, boom, all bets are off. Let's go kill Negan. And then Negan's going to get out. And then it's going to be like, oh, shit, what did I do? And I, Negan's going to kill Rick. I kind of suspect maybe Maggie's going to go a little bit too far. Yeah. And and maybe how maybe the reason she's going to leave the show will be because she's going to go somewhere else. She'll leave the community. Another show. Well. Well, because they have left. They have said. She's I mean, going to go off with Georgie, probably. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And right, because they left the door open for her to come back in the later seasons. You know, at least that's what that's what Laura Cohen said. So, you know, they're they're not going to kill off her character. There's no way. Mm-hmm. And I'm also starting to think that that might be what they do with Rick. Mm, I don't know. I think I don't think because so. Because Andrew Lincoln has said recently that he's not done with the character. We know he's coming back for season 10 to at least do a... He's going to direct one of the episodes. And I'm wondering if he could possibly be taken by Jadis as an A. An Uh, asshole. I think she's going to take Father Gabriel, but... Well, yeah, but she could also take him. I don't know. I don't know. I I see Martyr in Rick. Yeah. I don't know. I see Maggie leaving to come back someday, but I think... Rick, I think, is going to be a martyr. They're way too... Um, the episodes feel a little bit like Rick's goodbye tour. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole scene with the with them playing around the house and so forth. 
Mm-hmm. It was. That's what it, I said. They're setting him up for pulling the heartstrings. Right, right. And so, but it's like it's a goodbye because he's going to die. He finally gets what he wants in like a stable community, and then he's dead. Yes. And then everything falls apart. Right. Right. I still think he's going to be assassinated by somebody. Maybe Maggie. Who knows? Well, I I've even thought that maybe it was an accidental death by Maggie. In, like with their skirmishing or something with Negan. But, you know, we can speculate all day long. We have no idea what's going to happen. That's what we but... do here, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we made this podcast, because we were sitting around a table all the time going, what do you think is going to happen on The Walking Dead next week? <laughs> <laughs> so so what did you think about the beginning of the episode, though, when they are kind of setting that whole thing up with the, the family? Um, yeah, you mean the playing around and so forth like that? Yeah. Yeah, it was just, whatever. Um... <laughs> it was weird because they kind of had the family mm-hmm. hanging out, and then didn't they cut to right after that uh, dealing with this Jed guy on the trail? Yes. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they cut it right back weird. to them, and it was right. like this montage of them like having a great fun again. It was like <laughs> it's like a weird dream. I don't know what it is. I have a problem watching people pretend like they're playing with kids. <laughs> Because yeah. it just always seems so lame. <laughs> They're just know, much too Who wants too to play charity. with their kid? No. <laughs> get away from me. The horrible, disgusting, little filthy things. Grow up. Get a job. Take care Catch of me when knives. I'm old. Catch the knives. Well, especially when they're like rolling in the ground and stuff like that. Yeah, you're like, oh. That's just silly. <laughs> I did like that they were reading... Um, Winnie, um, Winnie the Pooh? The Wizard no, of Oz. Wizard of Oz, yes. Mm-hmm. Because yes. that was kind of appropriate for for their entire situation that they're going through. Because they're going to go somewhere in a balloon? Well, just being taken away to, like, this fantasy world, and there's, mm-hmm. like, this wicked witch who could theoretically be Negan, who wants to destroy everything, and... Michonne's red slippers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole thing. They get the whole thing. Exactly. Rick is kind of like the wizard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I th- them as a family unit just still doesn't strike me as, uh, I don't know. They're just, you know, I you know what I was thinking about? It's actually really funny because I was reading an article about Denai and looking at some of the stuff she's done. And she's always played a very regal character mm-hmm. and so forth. And then I started to realize for most of the time, she's been a pretty regal Michonne. Yes, she has. But this, I don't, was Michonne portrayed that way in the comic books? I thought she was a little bit rougher. No. No? Well. I thought she was a little pri- more primal. She, no, not well, more well, primal. I think the weird transformation that she's made since they've come to Alexandria is that she's gone from this this killer. Right. Mm-hmm. Or killing machine to, like, Miss, Miss Civil. The queen. Yeah. Ever since she was, like, uh, instated as the cop. Mm-hmm. Now she's like all about the government and organization, and and the weird thing to me was that she here she is like writing like all these mm-hmm. rules for the towns by herself. Right, I know. Well, like, the so other she's no going to put together like the entire but, contract. But I guess what that leads way. me to, or I guess my point was, is that her character has changed yeah. over oh, the seasons, very, drastic, very much, drastically. But yeah. her clothing and so forth has not. Yes. Still, she's still the same cartoon Michonne all the time, and I think her character needs to move on from that. Right, yeah. You well, just like I mean? Rick has kind of yeah. cut all the hair off, and he still has a big beard, but he's he's kind of gone through just physical, or right. 
you know, and she has not. She she's been pretty much the same old thing the whole time. But he still wears that same nasty shirt too. Well, yeah. But it's a different shirt. It keeps changing. He just but gets it's always the right. It's always a nasty but I brown think, shirt. Yeah, but for me, Michonne Michonne is hard to take as a regal, sensual woman when she's been this this animal killer type for so long, yeah. and and that's where I'm having a problem with her character, I guess. Well, they, I mean, they, the switch happened, what, two, three years ago, I guess. Right. But it was a drastic switch, and then it's just stayed like that ever mm-hmm. since, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you that it never, there was, never was like a... A physical change. Subtle transfer, transformation. It just was like, okay, Michonne is a killing machine. Now she's not. And she slips back into being a killing machine whenever she needs to be. Right. Right. But it wasn't exactly that she was a killing machine. It was that she didn't want to get close to people. Like when Mm -hmm. she was with Andrea, with the governor. She was a killing machine. She was was afraid to become connected to anyone because of what happened in her past and because of, um, you know, what happened with her people that she loved so much during the apocalypse. And so she kept herself at arm's length. And now she's allowed herself to kind of break down a little bit, and Mm -hmm. she's become connected. I guess. I mean, she was definitely much more, as Scott said, primal. But think about who she was before the apocalypse happened. She was a lawyer. Right. And so she's gone from this person who had to be very, which is why she's the person now who's creating all these rules and regulations and everything. But... She um, has gone from this person who had to be kind of uh, formal and put together and has kind of like let her like let the beast out. You know what I mean? Oh, she let the beast out. I mean, she was she was totally did. She was kooky town when they first met her. I mean, you know, uh, and she was for a couple seasons. Yeah. And but I guess my yeah, my point is, is that I haven't seen, you know, I think other things have to happen with her to develop her better, I guess is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Because mm-hmm. I, she is, she's such a fantastic actress and mm-hmm. I want her, I want to take her seriously in that role. But when she's still dress, dressed like the same old crazy Michonne and so forth and, uh, you know, nothing changes on that, then it's hard, for, it's harder for me to take that. Well, you're right in that. I don't think any other character on the show has gone through that where they've stayed in the same type of outfit. I mean, when you see Michonne, she's always got tight pants on and no sleeves, her black belt. All the dreads. And the katana. Yeah. Of course, her dreads. Yeah. Which are sacred to her, so she's not going to lose those. No, no, of course. But but um, But the rest of the people, yeah, they've all changed the way they dress. They've changed their hairstyle, their links, everything. Except for Daryl. Yeah, Daryl has kind of changed because he doesn't have he still got the that vest, vest anymore. He still has the vest with the wings on it. Well, he got it back. Yeah, he lost it for a while. So he got. But, it wasn't um, that he wanted to change. He just right. got dirtier. That's all. Yes, it's just harder Dirtier. to his, see. His what hair has definitely changed. Yeah. Well. Yes. Yeah. Because it was super short at first. Remember? Yeah. Now it's like drippingly nasty. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was short and nasty before. Now it's drippingly nasty. But anyways, yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So. And the other thing is that she's they've, they've almost tried to push her into uh, much more of the main character, mm-hmm. even though she's still second fiddle to Rick. Right. Right. You but know, see, she's but much that's more where, prominent again, because of the couple, and it's like, it does feel much more forced. Right. It doesn't feel very natural. That's what I'm saying. I mean, 
she's made a she's made a real sea change in the way she deals with things, and now here she is in a loving family and so forth like that. That's where I really need to see her separate herself from her old character. It was only a couple episodes where they put they put a police uniform on her, and then they're like, "Boop, that ain't that working." Was too stuffy for her. <laughs> <laughs> Back to what she was wearing before. That's we're not moving away from that. I mean, she's got some kick-ass muscles that she really needs to show off. So, okay, that's all good. Okay. I see no problem in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that being said, I was very happy to get us back to Alexandria some in this episode, too. I was, well, too. Yeah, actually, Kim was saying, wait, is this Alexandria? Yeah. Are yeah. we back in Alexandria? And even now? to see Carl's grave, mm-hmm. or even the graveyard, right. was very interesting. They all just... had their own different little headstone type things. Oh, uh, speaking of which, did you notice the tomato throughout the episode? Oh, yes. yeah. Yes. Okay, so it's it's the brand new tomato that he sets by Carl's grave. Yeah. And then of course the savior guy steals the tomato and at the end they're stomping it. I got to tell you, the saviors I are breaking tell you, off from the group. Those people made some good-looking tomatoes. They did. Those, those were awesome looking. Those were some awesome tomatoes. I wanted to eat one of those. Definitely. I wanted they one. They might of use uh walkers as fertilizer. Oh, maybe. I don't care if it tastes good. Lots of nitrogen. Yeah. Carbon. I actually kind of wanted that savior guy, Jed, just to be like, I'm sorry I took that, but that was one damn good looking I know. <laughs> the way exactly. he ate it was like dripping <laughs> down his chin. Like, I don't mean well, anything against you. But... Face, and then he takes a bite out of it and he goes, oh, God, Holy that was God, that's good. I know. I haven't <laughs> had one of those in a long time. Like, Maggie, you really know how to grow a tomato. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hold the intimidation anymore. This tomato. I did have awesome. to say, when, when <laughs> Rick put that tomato next to Carl's C... Yeah. Grave. I was like, oh man, what a waste. I know. It's rot. That is good looking. So what is the symbolism of the tomato to you? Oh, what what is the symbol? Uh well, I mean uh, it was their bounty. Kind of, the yeah, bounties. and it was the the hope of the civilization and then it breaking apart by the end. Right. Yeah. It was the yeah, bounty it, that they were bringing to the saviors. Um, and I think it, it was totally broken apart specifically by Jed. Mm-hmm. And when Jed he, pushing it, like, pushing me. Like, why is this guy trying to make the saviors a target? You know? I mean, even that, uh, who is it, Laura? That one woman mm-hmm. who is like, yeah, oh, oh, his name's Jed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, he'll mark him down or whatever. I, I, it was I like, wonder if he's dude, the brother of, who was the other jerk that got killed? Jared. Huh? Wasn't it Jared? What? It was Jared? Yeah, Jared. Remember his name? Or Justin. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Justin. From last Excuse week. Justin? Yeah, it was, just, yeah, it was, was Justin. Yeah, it was Justin. No, yeah, Justin think, was think last was Justin. week with the long yeah. hair. Okay. He he was the one that was standing up for Justin, like kind of in the background. And right. Actually seemed like more of the weaker character. And this week he's like standing up and being a, right. just as much of an asshole as Justin was the week before. Yes, and I and based on the fact that I think I'm really confused with where we're going with this conversation, I think it's time for us to take a break. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. Okay, we're back. Um, 
there was a lot of the episode was devoted to the confrontation that was happening at the bridge construction site um, with the saviors losing faith in Rick's group being able to protect them. And I know there was the one scene we, we saw a good bit of Alden trying to be the uh, spokesperson for the uh, saviors and so forth and trying to negotiate a way for some of the more trustworthy saviors to have weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, Which Jed was having nothing to do with. Right. He kept actually looking him down the entire time, like, screw you, man. Yeah, yeah. But Rick, you know, I thought it was interesting because Maggie was in the conversation, too, and and Rick kind of let the door open that once they figured out who is who was killing the saviors right then, then maybe they would look at that. And right. Maggie didn't seem to be all too happy about that at all. Not at all. So. No. And I think it was just more more of a divide being thrown into them. I mean, I think that goes to like what happened at the very end of the episode where she's like, I'm done doing it Rick's way. You could tell throughout the entire episode and all episodes for this season so far that she's not happy with the way Rick left things and the fact that Negan is still alive and that she's trying to do it the way Rick was wanting to do it, but it's just not working for her. And with good reason. I mean, the man killed her husband and took away the father of her child. And Maggie, I would want revenge too. She's got her head not quite as far in the clouds as Rick has. Yeah. Yeah, Rick has this rose, rose colored glasses on, on a lot of this stuff. And, uh, and, you know, I think we talked about it last week. He's kind of holding together with, with, uh, with band-aids trying to keep everybody on the same page but they're they're gonna that's all gonna break down and that's what daryl and maggie keep trying to tell him you know you throw these groups together it's eventually gonna break down the thing i keep thinking about with all of this is like it's kind of like the ceo of a company like there are certain people in your company that just don't work and no matter what you do for them or how much rope you give them they're just not going to play the game. They're not going to toe the line and they're not going to do what they need to do. And they need to be cut off. And the vast majority of the saviors are those people. And there's got to be a time when you realize this is just not working. Right. And you need to cut it off. Right. And so I think that Maggie and Daryl, Daryl's been there the whole time. Maggie pretty much has too, but she's playing along. But I think now they're like, screw this. Right. And Rich is saying way. to Daryl, you know, Look, even if you don't believe it, act like you believe it. See if see if that changes. So, that, and Daryl's just like, dude, that's just not going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and he's not having any of giving these uh, giving these folks any weapons. That's for sure. Well, and you got and you have to think about it from the savior standpoint. These guys have been one swing away from death, like every day mm-hmm. since they've they've been in this new world, at least under Negan's thumb. Right. Uh, you know, so they're they've got to watch their ass the entire. Now that Negan's gone, I mean, I would assume these people probably think they should be in charge. Right. You know, they've been they've been kind of dealt that or told that this entire time they've been under Negan. And now that Negan's gone, it's like, shit, Rick and them can't do anything to us that Negan didn't do. But, you know, another part of that, too, though, is that Negan's not dead and they know that. Oh, so yeah, they realize some of them, at least, that Negan could come back. And when Negan comes back. If those people have turned their back on everything that Negan has taught them and enforced on them, yeah, it's true. They will have their asses kicked. I yep. think. I think what we're looking at though here is that here were a bunch of people that had no freedom, 
but they were well protected. Yeah. Their community was strong. They were well protected. Um, and Negan provided that for them. Well, here they are now that they do have freedoms, but they're not so well protected anymore. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they're not self-sufficient. They're not going out and taking stuff like they used to. They're being, they're being required to wait and take, um, you know, charity from others to get by. So that's why they're rebelling. And yeah. they're the workforce. They had they had the strong economy. Now they have the bad economy, and mm-hmm. the bad economy always brings out a lot of finger pointing and you know and blame and so forth like that. And that's what we're seeing here is they're you know they're a big workforce, but they're they're looking at they're they're miserable. They're not happy with things, and they're putting pointing fingers at who's in charge because they're not happy with things. I did think though it was very interesting um, the conversation. With Rick and Daryl, because you know he was when Rick was confronting Daryl to ask him if he had um, if he had killed Justin because of the the arrow, and uh, Daryl was very confrontational with him. You know, go ahead, ask mm-hmm. him. Go ahead and ask the question. You know, and anyway, um, but that was also the point where he was trying to reach to Daryl and say, "Hey, Daryl, come on, just play the part. Act like this is going to work." If you do, people will see that and maybe it will happen. You know, and Daryl's kind of like, no, I can't do that. And Rick says, well, you know, it, it could, I, it was the best line of the show. He said, uh, it, it could be one of the best decisions you ever made, like not killing a guy who left your brother on the rooftop to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a yeah. good line. And that was awesome. And, you know, right. He was appealing to him saying, hey, you know, you trusted me you or you yeah. let me come back from that. Yeah. And, uh, and now I'm asking you to do it again. But then again, those were different times. Well, maybe so. But, you you know, if you appeal to somebody like that, I just don't know how much farther it's going to carry, of course. Well, you just, I mean, yeah, you've got personalities of someone like Daryl and Jed fighting. You know, before it was Daryl and Justin. Justin's gone. Now it's Daryl and Jed. And it's like, yeah. you know, he's, he's, Rick's just like, just give it a chance and stop fighting. Stop being an asshole all the time. Right. You know, but, like just just play along with it a little bit, and maybe it'll smooth over. But it's not going to. No, and we saw it. It's not just Daryl either, because we also saw it from um, Rosita um, yeah. when she's with Arot. I think it was in the first episode this yeah. season or whatever. And they're like setting up. They were blowing. They were blowing up rocks, right? They yeah. were blowing up the to, to free up the road. And Arat said something like, will you ever trust me? And she's like, nope. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, yeah, Kim, you're probably about to bring up the other spot. No, okay. I was going to bring up something else about Daryl. But when when they, when uh, Jed and them, when he's faking being as a, uh, a walker. Yeah. And oh, they, right. uh, they capture Carol. Right. And then they have that whole confrontation. And, uh, the, and Jed gets stabbed and he's on the ground. He's like, why don't you just kill me? And Carol says, well... What did she say? What every was her life line? Because every life is precious. Or yeah, yeah, but or she looks at Rick, like, mm-hmm. sarcastically saying it. Yeah. yeah. Every life exactly. counts. <laughs> well, what I was going to say about Daryl is that when Rick saved his life, or no, when Daryl spared his life after leaving Merle on the rooftop, mm-hmm. back then, Daryl was still under Merle's thumb. The right. apocalypse had still happened, so he was still kind of this meek, redneck type guy who well, he was, was a very angry redneck type guy yeah who was um 
not, I, I don't want to say afraid of the law because he was not afraid of the law, but he, he had a little bit more respect for the law maybe and understood what could happen with a lawman. Now I think that Rick has built up his self-confidence so much that he's like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. Like, this is well, what I actually, believe he in. He actually says that to him because, you know, when Rick comes over to talk to him and he's asking, you know, about the uh, the arrow, you know, and uh, and Daryl's kind of like, is this how you used to do it? Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. know? Right. So he's he's got enough confidence now that he's not going to let somebody just walk all over him or he's not going to cowtail to something that somebody else wants to do just because that's the right way to do it. Like yeah, he's going he's, to stand up for himself. And he's offended that Rick would even think that he right. would do something like that. Right. They're supposed mm-hmm. to be brothers almost. Well, which, I think and he how got a lot of his, confidence his, back because he has lines this season. Yeah. That <laughs> his, helps. His being offended gets in the way of him even explaining himself though. Right. Yes. Most of the time he never explains himself. He just leaves the room because right. he's so pissed off that, Always. Or he drops a <laughs> like, line like, is it? Yeah. Are we? Some, yeah. Or he, yeah. Or, <laughs> <"Mrr."> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Screw this. I'm going to get a smoke, man. Exactly. There's no smokes left. They all went stale a long time ago, you dumbass. <laughs> Daryl just needs to hook up with somebody. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? I wonder what that's yeah. about. I don't know. You would have thought that he would have been with Carol by now. He does disappear in the woods a lot. <laughs> <laughs> with his... Maybe Never mind. Maybe he's <laughs> yeah. got a little walker thing going on. Yeah. Come on, crossbow. Uh, see, that's why I was not going to go there. <laughs> I was not going to go there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's a good idea. Yes, it's you and me again. <laughs> little squirrel grease. All right, y'all stop. Oh... Uh. I gotta work on my crossbow. <laughs> but I do like Daryl's line where he was like, you know, if I wanted to do it, I would have done it in plain sight, right? right? In front of all of you. Yeah. yeah. Just would have done it. Wouldn't right. be hiding it. Right. So. And, and he said, you know, and he and Rick, you could tell on his face, Rick's like, yeah, I know. You know. Yeah. Because, I mean, he knew, you know, Daryl's not going to, not the kind of guy that's going to hide and, and attack, uh, ambush somebody. The whole qu- the whole conversation was more of a formality. Right. Of him just having to, to approach him about the thing. Yep. And just get it, get it off his back. And I think it was also to approach him about the fact that I need your help. I need your support. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you got. But he kind of screwed it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because Daryl's like, what the fuck, man? Why do you think I'm going to do that? I'm not doing that. Exactly. So. Yep. yep. Yeah, I think Daryl's going to take it that way, though. Yeah, I don't think it went that w- went well for either one of them, actually. No. no. Um, but yeah. So, um, do, what do you uh, do? You see any? Do you see Anne staying with the the group much longer, or do you think her no. character is going to be gone? Well, she. I mean, she knocks out Gabriel. Right. So, I mean, I guess we're assuming that maybe next episode they're going to be whoop, 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 Up in go the off somewhere. And we'll meet whatever this other group is. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know if it'll go that I don't think it's going to be that fast. And I don't think it'll that we'll see that necessarily happen because that group, she said, is a long way away. It's not it's not close by. No. And that right. is... Right. So. But yeah. definitely the helicopter people are still going to be a factor. And we'll get to meet them, I'm sure. But I don't think it's going to happen yet. Yeah, I, I think we've got to wait until next. I don't know that distance is that right. much of an issue when they got a helicopter. 
Well, it is for them when they don't have a helicopter. No, they're going to come pick them no, up. No, I know that, but that's not what she talking. was saying. She was talking she said about... By the, she, she said tomorrow. The, they that? said tomorrow, yeah. if you have an A, we'll pick you up. No, no, I know yeah. that before that, though, when she was talking about run away with me, Gabriel, she was talking about it'll take a long time, it's far away, but we can make it together. She wasn't talking about the helicopter coming and picking her up. She was talking about escaping themselves and going to this community. Mm-hmm. Which is the same community that was going to pick him up in the helicopter? Yeah, but it sounds like... See, the helicopter doesn't sound... I think she knows that the helicopter doesn't necessarily want to pick her up. Huh. Because they did say to her, you know, she said, Hey, I've done my, my duty. And they're like, no, no, you got you got compensated for it. Hmm. You know? But that's what I don't understand. If she's been compensated, why does she have more to do? Well, I think with what their thing is is that they they want her to keep providing people and they'll keep providing her with yeah. supplies. And well, yeah, when she's saying that she's not going to give them or an A or a B, they're like, "Well, you've already been compensated." So she has to pay them. Yeah, so they have to get her another A or B right. before anything else happens. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Which, but I'm I'm still not following why they wouldn't pick her up in the helicopter if if she's. If she says she has an A for tomorrow. Well, that's what I'm saying. But that's right. But we're talking about two different uh, conversations here. We're talking about the one she was having with Gabriel and then the one she's having on the walkie-talkie. There's two different conversations. She was talking to Gabriel about leaving and going to this community on foot by themselves yeah, because she wasn't going to hand over somebody. Yeah, but, but, there, hey, but Gabriel's not flying the, conversation, the helicopter. Right, but then she got in the conversation with them. She has an A. Now she can... Give them something. Which I think she said before she even confronted Gabriel, didn't she? Yeah. That she had an A? No. She was going to have an A. Uh, She said she would have an A. Yeah, she said she would have an A. And then she went and hit him in the face and she said, I thought you were a B. Yeah. And that's where I was like, whoa. Yeah. So now she thinks he's the A that she's going to turn over to him? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she promised she would have an A before she knocked him out. Right, and but then she, she wasn't said, thinking I thought you Gabriel. were a B. Right, she wasn't thinking Gabriel. Yeah, she wasn't no, thinking no. Gabriel. No, 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 right. no. But now it is Gabriel. That's what I'm saying. Right. The next yes. day. So that would have been Monday because the show's on Sunday. Ah. So we may not even see what happens. Oh, my God. You're an idiot. I have a headache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think whatever's going on there, we won't find that until the second <laughs> half of the season. The first half is going to be... Is going to be the Rick send-off. Second half, we'll probably see start delving into the Whisperer stuff. But I feel really bad for Gabriel because, like, he finally has found somebody that he wants to connect with, even though their relationship seems extremely weird. And I don't believe it for one second. But I feel bad for him because now everything that he... He's just had to fight so hard for everything yeah, actually, like with every- Eugene last season and now this like, like Gabriel's acting has been like very stale ever since he's gone blind yeah well it was stale last year too oh yeah but he doesn't even move mm-hmm. yeah like he just stands there mm-hmm. and people move around him I don't think they're using Seth Gilliam like to his full potential no I don't think so either no, but I think they've got so many damn seasons. actors on the show, it's kind of hard to use all of them into their potential, yeah. you know? Yeah. All right, well, I think we've covered everything, huh? I think so. All right, very good. Well, then we are going to move into Kim's favorite part of the show. Hit or miss. Kim, yeah. how many hits have you got for us tonight? Twelve? Well, 
You know what? I'm going to combine some like I did last week Woo. to give you one big one. One really, really long one? Kind of, yeah. Huge. And that is that huge, I love that they kind of kept us on the edge of our seats this week with all the different surprises that we had. First of all, like we haven't even mentioned this, that Michonne and Rick started getting it on and talking about the future. And Rick's like, yeah, we could build for the future in different ways. And she's like, really? And they're basically talking about having a baby. So wouldn't that be cool if after Rick disappears, whatever way that might be, that Michonne... bearded baby. Yeah, there could be a little Michonne Rick baby. I, uh, I really don't care. With a cowboy hat on? I think it would be awesome. Little stirrups with a big gun. Another way to, like, you know, build the future, like they said. Um, And then also the whole Jadis Ann thing with the fact that she's trading people for supplies and that those people are considered A and B so that, um, as a comic book reader, that immediately makes me think of the Whispers just because of Alpha and Beta. Um, The fact that the Oceanside people were... in. Um, were responsible for the deaths of the saviors that have been disappearing. And then um, Brick's confession to Carol that he thinks about killing Negan every single day when he wakes up. Mm-hmm. Even though that wasn't a huge surprise, it's still like a, okay, he's not extremely, right. he's not extremely happy with the way things are right now, but mm-hmm. that's the way he needs them to be. And again, I think it's because he's trying to honor the memory of Carl, which is, I think that's the only reason he's kept Negan alive at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, I think, or, or at least Carl's logic that there, it's a world of the dead. We can't kill each other. Yeah. Um, that, you know, people are more important. Yeah. It's too much. Life is too much of a, of a, uh, resource to be wasted this way. Yep. Right. And, uh, yeah, and I think it's Rick. I th- I think it's Rick's identifying with Carl's logic more than anything. Yeah, and then uh, just a couple other things that I guess you could say were different <laughs> hits. You just, just fit everything in right now. Can I? Go ahead. Okay. The I thought you were already combined stuff, and now you're trying to get more I stuff. I combined in. one big one, ah. and then okay. So then, in just a couple of honorable mentions, how about that? And that is that the signs that they kept walking over, (laughs) one of them said, look both ways, which, you know, obviously we have Rick's way and we have Maggie's way of doing things, the Negan or the Gregory way. They did show that quite a few times. Yeah. So that that was really cool that they made that connection. And then um, the callback to uh, Night of the Living Dead with the old truck and the old gas pump in the field at the house where the... Yes. the metal was banging. That was cool that they did that. And then um, there was another scene where uh, when they were reading the story to Judith and it's the Wizard of Oz and the um, what's his face runs up and starts to tell them that Justin has been found and he is dead. And Rick and Michonne grab their hands together, hold hands, and they hold each other really tight and their knuckles become white. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, they're bracing because they know what that means, that one of the saviors has been dead, has been found dead, and that all hell's getting ready for him. And that he was murdered. That was the other, that was the main point. He didn't die from a walker or something like that. He had been murdered. 
I did. Right. I, I did like the fact that they were so freaked out about not being able to find a rot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they knew that everything was going to crumble if they didn't find her. I thought that was a, a nice piece yep. to put in there. And they didn't. They didn't find her, and then the the saviors left. So we'll see what happens with that. Stu, okay, you got so a, You got a hit. Uh, my hit was actually the Oceanside Revenge on a rot with Cindy. Yeah, because I mean. Just it being a surprise event uh, happening there and, and with uh, Rick and Maggie coming upon them with, right. with that being carried out. But Cindy, that actress, mm-hmm. was awesome in that scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think really sold it. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was like complete tearjerker, like telling yeah. her story about yeah. what, what really happened. And yeah. I thought, uh, you know, Oceanside has been kind of a, a bit player in the whole series. And I think that kind of brought it around to you know their importance mm-hmm. as, as a community i think well you know the other part of especially that especially in the end of last season and the beginning of this season them being like almost nothing and now it's like wow okay the other part of that is that the oceansiders were just going along with everyday life and pretending like they had yeah. no clue what was going on well, and cindy was in the meetings yeah with everybody trying mm-hmm. to figure out like what do we do now how do we find a rot and how do we Figure right. out what's going on. That part, that was where it was almost kind of shocking seeing them still interacting, and you're like, "Oh shit, the Oceanside are actually still taking mm-hmm. part in everything." Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, they were throughout the show. Yep, definitely. And I never actually at during any of the shows that they've been in, I've never thought of that angst between them and the Saviors. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we, like we, I never thought hey, you, you you didn't really think of anything with the Oceansiders. They no, were pretty we much a non. Yeah non-entity really i mean yep. other than they yep. threw some fire bombs at the end of last season um they really weren't much of anything yeah yeah i mean i know what you're saying i uh my hit was actually from the same scene was maggie and and daryl turning around and walking away mm-hmm. from that i mean i it actually did surprise me i thought for some reason that they were going to stop it or have yeah. a problem with it. And the fact that they just turned around and left, um, I thought was huge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I agree. Because not only that, you know, as you brought up, they've all been trying to hide the fact that this girl has disappeared because they knew if, if, the, if the saviors find out about it, it's going to break everything up. Well, yep. they pretty much, by turning their backs there, said that people will not know what happened to a rat. And then they've already then so they've sentenced the the group from break to break up. Yeah, or that part doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as much as what the ocean side people needed to do. Right. Yeah. But they're you know, but like, there's but they're pretty much signing the deal that uh yeah. that the groups will break up because yes, no one will find out what happened to Iraq because they won't let them. So, yeah, that was my hit. That was my hit. I thought that was extremely powerful. I thought it was one of the most powerful scenes the show's had. To tell you the truth. It was it was very good. Uh, did you have a miss? You know, I've been sitting here racking my brain trying to think oh of a God. miss, and I don't think I have one. So no. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Stu. <laughs> okay. Uh, my miss is that they let this Jed guy be the voice of the saviors and screw things up so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, even that Laura woman had much more clout than anybody in this group that's out there looking for this Justin guy. Right. And yet they're they're going to let... I mean, she did say, oh, his name's Jed. 
right. a little too late. I mean, well, you'd be like, Jed, even... get your ass back here and stop screwing around with Maggie. Right. She's in charge of the Hilltop people, and right. we don't need to be screwing around right, right. now. And she had, she had to jump in a couple times. She yes. jumped in when they were having the big group confrontation, too. But this he was always out front, and it was just mm-hmm. it just seemed, you know, anyways. It well, doesn't seem like it. They, a had lot to, they had to have an instigator. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. But it seemed like there were other people that could have been. Like, you had, you had Laura, and then you had, uh, what what's his name, the blonde guy? Yeah, keep Alden. in mind. Alden, that would have been like, dude, get to the back. Keep, keep in mind, though, up. that this has been a year and a half since last season, we don't know what kind of clout that guy really has in the group, you know? Yeah. We just see him because we, we haven't seen him before. We think he's, you know, just like from last season, he's nobody. But he maybe actually have a pretty large contingent of people listening to him in that group. Yeah, I think you're giving Jed too much credit. Nah, I don't think so. I think he I think he was even below, like Justin, I think, was even higher than him. I well, think Justin and Jed were the, the muscle. Yeah, but I think Justin and, or I think... Um, but Jed, who knows what and some of his people think that Justin's not really one of them anymore. I think um actually what would a better argument, Scott, yeah. if I could give you this better argument, would be Try we it. don't know where his position was in the Saviors before all this happened. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I'm gonna leave it at that. Scott, you can give us your My Miss. Yeah, uh, my miss is still um it's actually a couple different things, but it usually ha- it's it revolves around the Walking Dead's being able to build relationships with characters, whether it be Michonne and Rick, or if it's uh, uh, Anne and and uh, Father Gabriel. They just they just don't seem to be able to develop chemistry very well in this show when it or sexual chemistry. They don't seem to do a really good job of it. They just keep smashing characters together. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and you know, I that's that still just kind of doesn't work for me with this show. Um, and that's you know, that's I, I I don't know what what they can do other than maybe let maybe some female writers get in there instead of some male writers. I guess yeah, I guess that could help. Um, but that's only you know that's really about the only thing I had a real issue with. I thought the episode and the and the intriguing storylines that they're bringing up are all very well done right now, and we'll see what happens. We shall. We only got how many how many more episodes before Rick is uh, offed? Two or leaves? Two. Two more. Wow. Okay. Yes, Rick has his two final episodes coming up. So I think we got some listener comments. Um, what are you guys What are you guys reading? Oh, actually, yeah, I've got uh, Joe Johnson's full comment here, which I was mentioning earlier on in the podcast. And Joe said, uh, Maggie, Maggie opened a Pandora's box with the hanging. This whole thing is going to crumble because of her. From the looks of it, Rick's uh, coming death is going to be Maggie's fault, too. Question, does A and B, written on Prisoner for the past three seasons, stand for Alpha and Betas? If so, that would mean Jadis has been talking with the Whisperers the whole time. Okay, so I misread. Joe Johnson obviously knew about the Whisperers, this whole thing. Yeah. And he does say, hashtag mind blown. Exactly, exactly. But it might not be the whispers is all I'm going to say. Right. Keep holding to that. Yeah, I will. All right. Mark LaVarnway said, In the land of an eye for an eye, the one-eyed man is king. Mm -hmm. Except that his tender date just kidnapped him. (laughs) 
It's sad that Maggie was almost proud of the fact that the Oceanside ladies followed her example on swift justice. Looks like another strong argument for a judicial system. Perhaps Negan's lieutenants should have been locked up and tried for war crimes like Hitler's were. Then maybe the savior workers would have felt safer and Oceanside wouldn't have had targets to go after mm-hmm. and Daryl would have found the situation more palatable. I totally agree. But yeah. that's kind of what I was saying with, to you, Scott, is that, I mean, with the, the tiers of control uh, mm-hmm. that Negan's group might have been built on, who knows how deep it goes, you know? There right. were how many layers of control oh, yeah, are actually exactly. Were. Yep. So where do, you, where do you stop? Yeah. Where do you stop? Um, Emmeline Veltkamp said, wait, wait, the card they found on the ground where Heath disappeared, were those lowercase b's? And at Terminus, they herded all the people along path A. My brain hurts. Wasn't even, <laughs> wasn't even the uh, the train car had an A on it too. Yeah. Um, you know, and the other thing too, I I I read Emmeline's uh, comment when she put it out a couple of days ago, and I had forgotten about Heath, so I put a thing in there just searching about Heath, um, just on the on the internet to see what they said about it. I didn't realize it, but remember that that hokey as shit scene when when uh, Rick is looking out at the junkyard. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we said yeah. oh, how fake it was. I don't know if you noticed, but Heath's RV is in there. Yeah, I saw that in an article this week, and I did not notice it at that point. Yeah. And the RV, I think, also had the letter A on it or something like that, didn't it? I I just saw a picture of the RV. It was very small. And so there's, there was speculation that Heath was traded. Right. Um, and that maybe he might be coming back at some point, too. Or we right, might see because, him again. Because he w- he left the show to go to 24. Which got canceled. Which got canceled. And so yeah. now he's available mm-hmm. for The Walking Dead. Uh, when he left, though, I mean, he just disappeared off right. the bridge. Totally disappeared off the bridge. And, and that, that was, was when Tara fell off the bridge and uh-huh. washed up at Oceanside. And so she wouldn't have known where he would have ended up at that point. And it was she never no talked idea. about. No one ever identified the fact that he disappeared. So, it was the weirdest character disappearance in the mm-hmm. history of the show, probably. But, it, but the fact that they even thought to to put the, the van or the, uh, the RV in that junkyard scene tells me he was on their minds, though. On the, the writers' minds. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how long they've been planning for this. And it, and that's a, that's even if it's all connected. We don't really know. Right, right. Um, I would like to think that it is because that's really cool that they've been able to intertwine that storyline for so well, many seasons. Well, I think seasons. they probably, uh, you know, my guess is sometimes they'll do something like that on the chance that maybe they will do something with it in the future. Yeah. Not necessarily that they're planning on doing something in the future, but they throw it in there just to have it. Right, right. Stick a post-it on it and say, maybe we can bring that back into the storyline. Yeah, exactly. And then people will think we're brilliant. Hell, it's kind of what, <laughs> right, it's kind of what Lost did. The only problem yeah. is they couldn't figure out how to bring all that stuff back in, and then it just exactly. all went to pieces. There's too many pieces to wrap into one. Yeah. But this is the part that I'm most excited about for this episode. The idea that we have the A's and B's now out in the open. We know that there's some people trading going on. What's next? Mm-hmm. Right. Lots, it's like a big puzzle. I right. love it. Right. It's a back. I still wonder. Yeah. Underlying back mystery. I, you know, yeah. speaking of which, I'll tell you one thing I am uh, kind of happy about. The the mystery of who was killing the saviors, I'm kind of glad they wrapped that up pretty quick. 
Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because you know they have this underlying one with the with the people trading and so forth, and the helicopter and all. We don't need a whole lot of background, ongoing background mysteries. Yeah, because it was also getting connected with that. Right. You know, it's you know, it's to to have all that going on at the same time. You're like, how is this all connected? Right. You know, the other part of that too, though. I do not, Kim. I'm excited that it was the women from Oceanside that were responsible. Well, good. I'm excited Wait. that they are not just a group of women who have no weapons and aren't doing anything productive, which mm-hmm. is what we kind of thought before. Like, they were just these whatever people. Mm-hmm. Like, they're actually doing something and then standing up for themselves. And but taking... remember, don't forget, they were killing people before. Before yeah. terror washed up on their shores. Yeah, but they didn't really have much of a... They didn't have an impact on our storyline at all. No. Until now. No, no, no. But they were... They were just a group of people. So I'm happy that they were responsible. Well, good. Uh, David Valentin um, of Twitter at DV Orlando said, Arat had to die. Same for all the foot soldiers of the saviors. These people were evil for the sake of being evil. My kids are 9 and 10, and to see them crying and then shot by someone who got pleasure out of it is a no for me. No exemptions. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that I would be able to stand for that either. No, and again, that's what I was saying with the when they said it was the eleven year old, and then she goes into the fact that she told her how important he was to her, and right. she needed him. That was like, oh man, mm-hmm. that was that was a rough scene. That was a rough scene, especially have kids that age. You're like, ah, yep, exactly. Eileen McGuire at Lovey McGuire said, "I just want to give Daryl a fresh pack of smokes." <laughs> Yeah, he does kind of need one right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then we actually had posted a picture when we were asking uh, some people to make some comments about uh, just a picture of Jerry, and I said, you just got to love Jerry. And uh, Fan Mom, uh, at Fan Mom AF said, LOL, we got into a Jerry chant every time he appears. Everyone loves Jerry. <laughs> Jerry chant, I like it. He gives the best hugs, too. He's going to be at Walker Stalker this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Along with Kari Payton. His name's not Jerry. No, No, it's not. So, next week on The Walking Dead, Season 9, Episode 4, The Obliged. Uh, Rick's vision of the uh, civilized future is threatened by a sudden reckoning with past sins that remain unavenged and unforgiven. Hmm. Past sins that remain unavenged and unforgiven. That would be Negan? Probably. Because Maggie's on her way to go confront him. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I still don't understand why they, they it's a past sin, though. I mean, it's not necessarily a sin. I mean, he's trying to do something good. Right. I Yes. Unav- unavenged, I understand. Might but be something totally different. I think they're, I think they're saying sin is in mistake, is another term for as mistake. He's paying for past mistakes, and that was leaving Negan alive. You guys can write to us and tell us your opinions on what's going on next episode. You can reach us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at fearmepodcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash fearmepodcast. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night, everybody.